everybody, and welcome back to episode eight of In the Paint. Uh, I am joined, as I am every week, with my buddy, my hoopin' pal, my co-host, Joe. Joe, what's going on, man? Hey, man. How was your weekend? Uh, good weekend. Um, relaxing. Ready to, you know, get get all rested up for this whole week of playoff basketball that's all day, every day. Starts tonight, man. <laughs> Can't wait. Um, so, real quick, we'll just kind of run through what we did last week. Uh, we... We talked about the, you know, basically all of the bubble games had been played. There was only a couple more. There was one big game that was going to be played. But other than that, most of the seating and everything had been figured out. Had a few bubble games left. We basically gave an update on the standings. We'll do that again as all of the bubble games have, con- uh, you know, concluded. And there's then also, there's been a play-in game that has happened, which we'll talk about. Um, we'll conclude the, the standings. But last week we talked about basically the big topics of each conference. You know, how, what's wrong with the Lakers? Clippers, Rockets, Suns, all that good stuff. The Blazers. Then we talked about the Eastern Conference, broke that down. Basically focusing solely on the, the Sixers because they're the most confusing team, I think, in the NBA. Um, and then the East and the Bucks. Um, and then we just talked about some of our favorite things, best and worst, of the restart. And then we gave our finals picks. This week, though, we're going to kind of, again, we'll, we'll go through a, a recap of the last week in the bubble. It's over. We'll kind of talk about our final thoughts and just give an update on the standings that ended up in the bubble. We're going to focus on a couple teams um, here in the bubble, just uh, you know, kind of run through what we thought of a few teams, mostly Western Conference, because again, that's the only intriguing conference right now um, in the bubble. And then we'll just kind of go through some some news and some awards, and then uh, Joe will kick us off. Uh, you know, after we we talk about the bubble, Joe's going to kick us off with obviously the biggest news, which is the playoffs are starting today. And then uh, we'll go through each series, kind of predict what we think is going to happen, give a little analysis, and then I think that'll do it for. For this week, but Joe, the bubble is is now finally done. I say finally like it was bad; it was phenomenal. Um, but it is over. So fi- you know, kind of final, you know, quick hitters in terms of what you thought of the bubble, you know, overall. Oh, I absolutely loved it. Um, I think the biggest thing was when you get <laughs> get rid of those bottom eight teams. Like there's outside of the Wizards, there wasn't a bad team in that. There like, really wasn't. There was no like guaranteed take a night off like when now now some teams still ended up doing that because they had their seeds locked up right yeah. so like the lakers and the bucks you know you saw them resting people just trying to get in the flow of things but uh man it was scrappy it was hard and talent wise and the way they actually played um was much better than i guess i anticipated over eight games right yeah I agree. I think we talked about it last week, but basically Bill Simmons had said like you basically got rid of all the shitty teams and you had other than the Wizards and the only reason they were there is because of number a numbers game, but you got rid of all the shitty teams and you had really good basketball and and you had teams wanting to showcase bench talent, role players, see what they had. You know, like the Wizards really just wanted to see what is Hachimura made of. Well, these guys, I mean these teams and I should these players, especially for teams like the Wizards or the Nets, Everything like that. I mean, now was their time. Yeah, they weren't taking plays off. They weren't doing anything. Correct. So I've always, th- I've always thought that teams tank, right? For yes. Draft position order. Players don't. No, organizations tank. Correct. Yeah, correct. Like yes. you said. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, there was a couple of teams we're gonna we're gonna hit on in a, in a little bit that like shined. There were some teams that like we went in expecting were gonna be trash and shined there was a couple that shined honestly um there were some that we knew were going to go in and probably be successful because of being healthy now and and really hitting their stride but there was definitely a couple surprises um you know one that i think we we put on you know put on this little outline here but there's one that i was thinking of that definitely shined that we we probably need to talk about 
Um, but yeah, I think my final thoughts are, man, what what comp- competitive and like what a great uh, just show that the NBA put on. I mean, you could have easily gone right to playoffs, not easily, but you could have gone right to playoffs, and it would have been sh- it would have struggled for the first like two games of the sure. series, right? It would have been would have been sloppy. But I think the the fact that you got rid of crappy teams and then you gave them eight games to get stuff going, that was perfect. And what they did production-wise, what they did bubble-wise, everything put together is exactly how you have to run a sports season right now. Like the NHL is doing too. Huge, huge success from the NBA standpoint, from a fan standpoint, from a player standpoint, and, you know, organization. I don't know what it did revenue-wise. I really don't, you know, or TV-wise. I'm not sure if you looked at ratings or anything like that. Yeah. But, I mean... Could you ask for anything better? Like no, no positive tests. Yep. Once you started games, correct. Yeah. I, um. You had up until the last day games that had meaning. Yes. Huge meaning. Massive implications. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. You had a a team go eight and zero yeah. that no one expected, <laughs> and were really I mean just kind of luck that they didn't get in. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I think bottom line is. You kind of mentioned you hit the revenue thing. The only thing I saw about ratings was the first week, it was down, just based on normal like the you know normal um, like first week of or final regular season play and whatever and and that's fine. I think if you're an owner, you throw those numbers out the window. Right? Correct, because, right? Because there's you have nothing to compare them to, right? This you're is just so looking at them, yeah, and you're just saying you know well, you can't compare it to last year's you know end of the regular season or playoff you right. know and. And I just think that this year, whatever happens, like you had so many, the fact that you pulled this off alone should be enough to get enough eyes next year, maybe more that, you know, you're, are you going to lose some because of the kneeling for the anthem and the Black Lives Matter and all that? Of course, screw those people. But what you're going to get is you're going to get people that um, are impressed as hell by what was put on and they're going to follow for the, maybe the rest of their lives just because of what they did. It's hard to put an ROI on it, but it doesn't matter what the ROI is in numbers. It was, this was a massive, massive success. Absolutely, it was. And can you imagine a couple years from now the documentary? I mean, there will be one. That's going to be awesome. There's going to be multiple, but yeah. I just can't wait. I can't but. wait. Like just and whoever wins the title this year, you can put an asterisk for good, right? Like this was the probably the weirdest and toughest championship that anybody's going to ever win, unless there's another thing like this. But as of today. It's no lockout. This isn't a lockout season. No. This is legitimately a second season, potentially, that people are tra- having to play. And I think this will be, like you said, a documentary. There will be stories. We're going to be able to tell kids, grandkids about this. Like, yeah, we watched a season in a pandemic that was in Orlando with 22 teams that fought, you know, until the last day. And it worked. And it worked. And it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't crap. Like, no. You know, like everybody, I mean, the MLS tournament was fine. I mean... MLS just doesn't have a big enough following in America, but like this is far head and shoulders above that just because of the, oh, yeah. the you know the the execution, the production, all of that. And don't get me wrong, the MLS's back tournament was great, but like this is a massive win and a massive success for the NBA, no doubt. The thing about the MLS tur- tournament, I'll touch on this real yeah. quick, is that it just it, it was over so quickly for so many different teams. Yeah. Um because that, of COVID, too. Yeah, I mean they got some could, had to pull out, you know. Correct. That you couldn't just, you know, I mean, here you are, unless you're a fan of the eight teams that didn't make it, you actually got to see eight games. Correct. In in July, August. 
You're right. I didn't even think about that. That was the difference, right? If you, in the group stage, if you lost the first game or the first two games, you stopped watching because you knew it was done. Yeah, you were out. You know, in in this bubble environment where they did the eight games, whether you were out or not, actually nobody was really out except for the Wizards until the, literally the last day. Correct. I mean, a couple from the West, but even until about game six, you know, the sixth of the seeding games, everybody still had a chance where like in the MLS tournament, you lose one or two games, it's, you don't have a chance. Right. So I'm completely with you there. You were basically watching and even when you were out, they were still watching to see, okay, can they pull it together? Can they do this, that, and the other, you know, and, and have some sort of momentum going into the the second off season. Um, and you did, I mean, it, it, I keep saying it, but you just, if you're the NBA, you hang your hats and you're just like, man, this was absolutely a massive, massive success. It was. And I also like to point out one of the differences between the NBA and MLS and MLB and things like that is that the NBA is a national sport. It's a lot of prime time. Ways, yeah. yeah. MLS and NHL and oh, yeah. MLB, those are very regional, so right? So regional. So like, you know, as soon as the crew are out, I didn't watch any of the MLS. Uh, and I don't blame you. No, I, I, did, I didn't like, either. I didn't watch them. I, I watched every single crew game. Yep. And then once it was done, I, I had no no care whatsoever. And maybe that speaks to me not being a soccer fan. I am. But, you know, I feel like that is the majority of people, though. And I think, too, and we'll kind of wrap it, you know, we'll, we'll move back on to NBA. But I think the biggest thing is NBA does a really good job with storylines, right? Yes. They do a great job of creating hype and creating storylines like the LA versus LA or the Bucks versus the field, that kind of storyline. Whereas the MLS, they just struggle to create storylines. A lot of leagues do. They just struggle. Uh, the NFL does a great job, obviously. They're king in terms of that. But the storyline thing, only really the NBA and NFL have kind of captured. All year round, there's always a headline, something. You're right, and the NBA is a player-star-driven league, yep. and that absolutely helps because you sure. have different stars in every single market. Um, and and that's the biggest reason to kind of bring this all together. That's the biggest reason this bubble happened, right? Because stars said, we want to play. Sure. We know that there's risk. We know that there's people that aren't going to show up, and that's completely fine. But when And Patrick Beverly said it. If, LeBron, if the King says we're playing, we're playing. And I mean... Let's just call it what it is. That's what it was. You can't argue that. Chris Paul, the M- the MBPA president, LeBron, Melo, you know, um, Russell, James, all these guys got on a call and they're like, we're playing. And when that happens, they're playing. Adam Silver is going to make it work. And that's how we got where we are today. And so I think we both agree like, man, the bubble was great because of just the competition and the, the implications of some things. And so speaking of that, now that the bubble is over – um, Joe, real quick, kind of run through the, the East stayed the same, but the West maybe had a little bit of jostling here and there, but what are the, the final, you know, standings and seating in terms of the, the East and West? All right. We got the Lakers at number one, Clippers, <laughs> number two, Nuggets, number three, no surprise there with those three. No. And then these next four, I mean, they're neck and neck. They, really? you have three teams that are 44 and 28, <laughs> three teams. Yeah. So you've got Rockets, Thunder and Jazz. And now, now out of those three, Rockets are best. Yeah, Thunder right behind them. Right, and the Jazz might be my least favorite team in the Western Conference. And and we, if you didn't see Playoffs. yesterday, if you didn't see yesterday, Mike Conley left the bubble. Um, he's he came back to Columbus to, for the birth of his son. Correct. Um, so that makes them probably an eight seed. Like I'm just saying, they they were already probably around a seven seed because of their talent. Bogdanovich yeah. stayed home. Um, or sorry, Bogdanovich stayed home because of injury, and then Conley's now out probably for game one, maybe even game two. 
they're they're the least intriguing. They're so boring. Um, I love Quinn Snyder, but that team is he's boring. overachieved. He re- oh, there's no doubt. But that team, yeah. the, he has to play the way he does because there is just so, it's such a talent gap. So Correct. they're slow, they're boring, and without Conley and now Bogdanovich and no bench, they're just they're atrocious. I mean, yeah. so. Yeah, out of the three, they're the least exciting, and maybe out of the eight, they're the least exciting. I, I think mean, so. So, and then you have rounded out the last, uh, the last two. You have Dallas, and then the Blazers beating the Grizzlies in the play-in game. Which last episode we thought the Suns would get into that play-in game, yeah. but I do remember at the beginning of the bubble um, thinking that it was going to be Grizzlies Blazers for that, and that the Blazers were probably going to win. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, and we'll, we'll expand on it a little bit here in a minute, but the biggest thing was, like, they were just too far behind, you know, to start. The Suns. Yes. Yeah, sorry, the Suns. The Blazers, we knew that talent was going to be there, and they were only, I think, one and a half or two games out already, so we knew that they were going to close a gap. Right. We saw the schedule that the, the Grizzlies had, and it was tough. We But the Blazers' schedule was the toughest in the entire bubble, and they just, we'll, we'll talk about them too, probably in depth, but they showed out. I mean, my goodness. And... Did they get some help from people sitting sitting players and getting injured, or not injured, but sitting them because of rest and injury? Of course, everybody. So did the Suns. We'd be naive to say that teams didn't get help from like teams resting down the stretch. But That's it, part of basketball, man. It, it is. They won. The Blazers, I think, only lost one game. Suns went 8-0, which we kind of alluded to earlier. The fact that the Suns even had a chance to get in is a, is a massive win in, in the, itself, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But... Um, so, and then the, I'm pretty sure the Eastern conference didn't change at all, but just kind of run through what the, the top eight are in the Eastern conference. We got the bucks who struggled a little bit in the bubble. Yes. Did not look really good. No. Um, you know, a couple games at the end, I think Giannis didn't play, decided to headbutt someone. Yeah. So, yeah. That's all. <laughs> but, right. Uh, Raptors at the two spot looked really good, man. Really good. Celtics. Um, quietly. Five and three in the bubble, and feel like nobody yeah. really talked about them. Yeah, in like, the last game they threw. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. So. I mean, they didn't start anybody, or, or if they did, it was ten minutes. So right. yeah, right. And then you have uh, Pacers Heat, uh, Sixers in that sixth spot. Dangerous. We still think they're a dangerous six. We still I don't do. Know. I, I keep trying to trick myself or like telling myself that they're not good, but every time I look at their roster, I'm like, they're good. I, I, they're so good on paper. I just don't know what else to do. Right. And then you have the uh, the Nets and the Magic Nets. Yeah overachieved man and you know again maybe it's because players just didn't think they were going to be competitive maybe they just kind of went into games thinking this was easy but let me tell you i don't care who you are if you can go five and three with that roster in the bubble i don't care who you play that was g league that was a g league team minus Minus and jared allen sometimes but for the most part that is a g league roster and they won five games against nba players just pure hustle yes karis levert is a star yeah and I cannot wait for that team next year because that team is a three-headed monster. Throw in Kyrie and, and Durant. Yeah. And DeAndre Jordan sometimes. And like, DeAndre that Jordan. team is, is scary. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, the Magic, who are just right. so boring. And Wizards have had a chance. They did get a win. They got. They finally did. They won. The, they beat the Celtics the last game that, they, that the Celtics threw. Um, yeah, but the Wizards finally got a win, so they were 1-7 in, in the bubble. Um Okay, so that that rounds out the the standings update again. Those are your that's your seedings for uh, for the playoffs that we're gonna kind of allude to here um, later on. So bubble teams, obviously we're gonna the, the biggest one we're gonna talk about your your team. I'll let you kind of take the floor on this because this had to make you so happy. Oh, it was amazing. Um, and I mean the chances of them going eight and zero like that <laughs> were just no no one no one no chance. I mean you're a gambling man. What what? <laughs> 
What odds would you put on that? Oh, man. I mean, so I think when I looked at... So, being a gambling man, I obviously looked at, like, the the chances to make the playoffs, like, what the odds were for the teams that were outside. It was less than 1%, wasn't it? They were less than 1%. Yeah. So, not only to even not make the playoffs, but then do what they did was massively overachieving. This was going 8-0 and missing out harder than going... I guess this is more impressive than making the playoffs, right? Going eight and zero. Yeah, because what you go six and two, and then Grizzlies go zero and eight. It doesn't look as good. I mean, yeah, Correct, you make the yeah. playoffs, but like that's not as cool. <laughs> right, it's awesome, cool. Monty Williams doing a great job. Yeah, if he can get those guys uh, to defend consistently, like over the next two years. Yeah, my oh my. I mean, like who who's 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 a way better scorer than Booker right now? I mean, he's a top. He's an elite scorer. I would say. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. It's Dame and him. Yeah. I mean, Aiton is an uh, turning into an elite big man, and he's yes. made strides defense, defensively, and they're actually using him the Correct. way that he should be used now. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd say last year and before the bubble, he was getting 18 and 10 by accident, yeah. by just being on the floor. So, you know, um, he's great. Bridges, phenomenal. He's going to uh, be good in like four or five years. Yeah. Really, really good. Rubio has found a role in, in some life. Yeah. So, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, they just, they, they have great pieces. Um, it, it's be an exciting, exciting future. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you, you, you hit on everything. That's your squad. So I know that, you know, watching those games and seeing them go 8-0 and is big. Um, everybody asked the question, would you rather go 4-3 and and make the playoffs or go 8-0? I'm a co- I'm a competitive person. I'm never one of these people like oh if you know talking about the Buckeyes. Would you rather go you know one in ten and then beat Michigan? No, hell no. I'd rather go eleven <laughs> and zero or eleven and zero and beat Michigan or eleven and one and make the playoff. Everybody asks that question. Would you rather lose to Michigan and make the college playoff or beat Michigan and miss? No, I want a chance to win a championship. This is dumb. Michigan is a team I want to beat every year. But if I have a chance to lose to Michigan and go to the playoff, I'm going to the playoff. So same idea here. No, sorry, I want to beat them and go to the playoff. But like. The scenario of would you rather go eight and zero and miss the playoffs or four and three and make it? Well, I want to make the playoffs, but I also want to go eight and zero. Like the fact that they went eight and zero here is bigger to me because that means that they competed for eight games and they were the better team in eight games. They were. And yeah, did they screw up the before the restart and not play well? Yeah, there were injuries, bad coaching, all that stuff together. Once Monty Williams got this team and once Monty Williams figured stuff out, they were. Definitely a top eight team in the West, and it just sucks that they were, you know, so far behind. One of the biggest issues that was in the past that we didn't see in this bubble was Ubre out shooting Aiton, like yes. taking more shots. Maybe him being Deandre injured Aiden. was a silver lining. Yeah. You know, I, I no one sure. wants guys to be injured. No. But I like Ubre. I of do. Course. I think he he, he can, fills a role. Correct. Yes, but he has that tendency to do more than he needs to. The or Jordan Clarkson sy- syndrome, right? Sure. Like shoot. 15 times and make two of them and think that you are a you know a massive role on this team right um so and i'll just speak to i don't know if you knew these stats or a couple of things but so one the before the restart so in the regular season the suns were the had the highest assists per game they led the league in assists per game every game so they already were passing the ball really well yeah it wasn't it wasn't the fact that they couldn't score the basketball or that they couldn't distribute. It was, it was defense. It was it all was defense, all right? All defense. They were giving up 120 to 30 points a game, and and they were getting 110, but they couldn't stop anybody. Right. In the bubble, they were the best assist per game team, but they were also one of the top defensive teams. Sure, they gave up 120 some nights. Sometimes that happens. 
teams just go off regardless. But when you can get Aiton, Rubio, Booker even played some defense. He's not a great defender, but he can, he played a little bit. It's effort, right? Monty Williams got these guys geared up and ready to play for eight games, and it showed because they went eight. No, that's the bottom line. It was fun. I expect them to be a low playoff seed or at least yeah. fighting for that next year. Um, you know, do I think they're the best team in the NBA or anything like that? No, mm-hmm. but they have a lot of talent. They have a lot of young pieces, and if they can play cohesively as a unit defensively. Um, the sky could be the limit for them in a few years. Theory, there was a theory thrown out by certain players on the Suns because um, everybody was talking about the Suns. They you know how in the world did this team do this because they were so bad during the regular season. Defense, but I'm gonna they, so the players threw out a theory that was outside of basketball, and they just said, "You ever been to Arizona?" And they were like, "No." They were like, "Well, they're in Phoenix." He's like, "There's biddies walking all over that place in, in Phoenix," <laughs> and they were like, "These kids are 24, 23, 25 years old." And he goes, you put them in Orlando with no biddies. He goes, all they think about is basketball. He goes, I'm just saying, like, take the, take the women out the picture, take the girls out the picture. There's a chance that they get their head focused. I'm just saying. That's I'm fucking just saying. hilarious. I'm so sorry. that's that's what um, <laughs> that's what some players were saying. Like, hey, you took them away from Arizona, and they ended up being really good. Um, whether that's true or not, I'll never know. But um, I'm just saying, I've been to Arizona. Maybe there was a distraction there. Um, so that's the Suns, like we said. Massive achievement, regardless of what happened with the playoff, um, or with the playoffs. Eight and zero is a is a something that was no said nobody could do, right? Nobody's going to win all eight of these games, especially the Suns. Right. So for them to do that, massive win. Um, my team that like I had said from the beginning was going to make the playoffs just based on their roster, the numbers, the stats all pointed to it. The Blazers, Blazers are now in the playoffs. Again, there was a playing game between the Blazers and the Grizzlies. It was actually a phenomenal game, great it was. back and forth. Blazers just Dame. Actually, it wasn't Dame this time. It was more CJ McCollum. It was but CJ. but Dame Mello with a big three too. Mello had a huge three, but Dame for the eight games was absolutely spectacular. I mean, he he did what he does, and he put this team, you know, on, yeah. his, on his back. And uh, he was. I mean, he was the MVP of these eight games, right? Correct. Uh, awarded and deservedly so. He yes. was the the MVP for sure. Correct. And we'll talk about what the bubble did with some awards, but yes, he. He literally and figuratively put the you know put the team on his back for eight games and said after an interview he said I packed for three months I'm not going anywhere and he didn't <laughs> he still do you here. remember uh, um do you remember when they were talking about bringing back and how they were doing it and he was just like well I'm not going to play unless I have something to play for I mean he was motivated from the get go and he was ready to go and I mean is he is he a top five player in the NBA right now. Um, I would say you cannot include a top 10 and not have him. Correct. I could say you could go top 5 and not well, include him. Well, it depends. So on, do, are we including Durant and yeah, Curry I mean, yes. right yeah. now? Active I mean, players count. Or sorry, okay. inactive players count. Okay. But if you're going active, yeah, he's top 5. Like yeah. if people playing right now, he's top 5. Inactive, he's still maybe top 8. I mean, top 10 for sure. I mean, who would you want as your starting point guard? As I'd, I mean, you would want Curry. I think, and I would, but I think if you're doing the all-time, like, just gamer, like, all-time, he's probably top top three right now. Like, a guy that yeah. you can just give the ball to, and he will get you a bucket every... We've said this. Steph Curry is not a get-a-bucket guy. Steph Curry is make buckets, but he's not get-a-bucket. Dame is 100%, maybe the number one get-a-bucket guy. I mean, the Grizzlies were picking up at half court. Because, yes. Because he was going They were to triple-teaming shoot. him. Yes. Sometimes. Yes. And he would split double, triple teams, pull up from the logo. The logo shot, was that game eight? Yeah. Or was that, yeah, game eight, he pulled up from the logo. Literally, 48 feet is where he pulled up from. And it was just nothing but net. Yeah. So this dude is a get a bucket, 
maybe the number one, if you need a bucket under three minutes, you're picking this guy. And I love LeBron, but sometimes LeBron shies away from getting the bucket. He makes he, the right play. That's it. That's what I was going to say. But he Dame goes is for the, the right play. Dame is the bucket. He may not even make the right play. It may be a dumb shot, but he gets the bucket. He's going to get it. So, I've seen it. So, there's, so he, again, deservedly so, won the MVP. He put the team on his back. But we cannot just kind of shy away from C.J. McCollum and Nurkic. They were also both spectacular. Oh, absolutely. And C.J. playing injured? Literally has a broken back. Yeah. Not a joke. <laughs> he can go get buckets whenever he wants to. Yes, he did it in the playing game. Yeah. He took John Morant to school the last four possessions and at one point turned to the crowd and said, he can't fucking guard me. That's what he said. What's so funny <laughs> is that, like, I mean, you look at C.J. and there's nothing physically imposing about him. Nope. He's not super fast. He's nope. not, he doesn't jump high. He's not... But man, he's just smooth and he stops and goes really well. He he's can a, shoot with either hand. Either hand. Either hand. And it's like, like from pure. 15 feet in. Pure like, either hand. Yeah. He's a classic Division II college basketball player because he wasn't gifted in, I mean, gifted obviously basketball wise, but Great. versus D1 guys, wasn't gifted athletically, size, speed. Literally, he just uses his body and his technician so well. And Absolutely. Like, and he uses momentum, right? And like he you said, he stops yeah. on a dime. He'll get you going one way and pull back. But and, man. And he does enough defensively that you can keep him on the court. Correct. He's and not a great defender. Neither are the Blazers, by the way. Correct. The worst defensive team in the bubble. Yes. Which is why Dame and CJ and all these guys had to basically go out and score 30, 40 a night. Because right. they were giving up 120 a game. Yes. Um, But the game, the... I mean, the the four or five game stretch that Dame had. At one point, he was he averaged for three games. He averaged fifty one and nine. I'm not kidding you. No, I know. Games six, seven, and or six, seven, and eight. He averaged fifty one and nine. Yeah, well, he had to get him on. He had, <laughs> and to, get he had him in. to. He had to yeah. get him in. I mean, that, um, that race was so tight. We were going into the last day. Yes. And we had four possibilities for two spots. Yep. Two slots. And do I dare? And I'm going to do it. And I don't even think it's do I dare. This was Kobe Bryant esque. I mean. Sure. Like, he did things, in terms of, like, scoring 40 or more in a stretch, he and Kobe may be the only people that, like, I've seen do that, just put a team on their back for four or five games and just ball. Sure. It was Kobe-like. It, it, if you're talking about just pure scoring, I Correct. would say there's there's other people, 100%. like LeBron, that have done similar things. Oh, my things God. And, they, and LeBron did it too scoring. I mean, right. in playoffs, yes. we've seen it. But, but I'm no. talking... But hey, you know what? I'm the only one who I have to go out and score 50 to win, and I'm going to do it. Yep. And I'm going to do it for four straight games. Yeah. Not very many people can do that. Yeah. So I was, I literally, when I was watching him, and I was just thinking of Kobe the whole time because he's because he's no longer with us, but also just because like that reminded me so much of something Kobe would have done in, yes. if he was in this bubble, he, if he was down, you know, where he was, if he needed four straight games, or they need to win every single game. Because after the Clippers game, once they lost that Clippers game, the Blazers, right. they had to win every game to ensure even a chance for the play-in game. So the fact that he won five straight you know, and balled out in five straight was pretty impressive. It was pretty impressive. And I will also say this. Um, Paul George talking. That, stuff, that was huge. You think it just fired him up even more? I mean, Dame's not one to shout Shy away from that. So. No, yeah, I think he yeah. already was gonna do what he was gonna do anyway. But when yeah. you tell him that he's not clutch, and when you tell him that, like, you know, which is stupid because he hit a shot over him to end a playoff series anyway. <laughs> he was just salty. Like, let's just call yeah, it what it is. Exactly. He was pissed off, and he was he was a little butt hurt. And so I think that was the biggest thing. Was yeah, was that added motivation? Of course. Like Dame's a guy that will take that and use it. It's a, it's a side story though, right? I mean, it's fun. But... If that doesn't happen, does he still probably go out and score fifty? Yes. 
Exactly. But does it make it as fun? No, because yeah. it was fun to do it, you know, and show Paul George, you know, right. shut the hell up. But so then the next question, do they challenge the, when I say challenge, do they actually, do they actually make a push for this series? Yes. Okay. You think so? Yes. Okay. So then we'll, this will, you know, we'll kind of start here. Is this a seven game series? Six or seven. Okay. Six or seven. Yeah. I really, I really think so. I okay. think that, um, we had talked about this before and you yeah. were right. They miss Avery Bradley. Terribly so. And this is the series that yeah. is probably the most, that he would be the most missed. Oh, there's Because no all of a sudden, like, Dame's going to get his, TJ's going to get his, right? But you want to make him work for it. Of course. And who's going to do that right now? Like, no, no. At, at least, I'm not saying Avery Bradley would come down and um, shut down CJ. He would have guarded Lillard the whole game, though. He would have. Up and down the court. And that's exhausting. Correct. And, and that creates... Stuff on the defensive end for Lillard, too, who's already not a great defender. Nah, yeah, not really. So, but, I mean, so that's going to be tough. Yes. Danny Green looks awful. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you've got to play Caruso big minutes. And yep. and these guys can go off for 120, 130, 140 points. No, no kidding. Anytime. Yeah. So if you're not locked in defensively, yeah, I think they, I do, do they, do I think they win? No. Yeah. But do they challenge? Yeah. Could they win if the Lakers don't get it together and look a little bit better than, you know, they they, they had in the bubble? It's possible. So I completely disagree. And so I have this as a five-game series. Really? And here's why. The Lakers are struggling offensively. What's the best medicine for a struggling offensive team? A terrible defensive team. It's true. One, the Blazers are the worst team defensively in the bubble, and the Lakers will get everything, not everything, but they will get a lot of stuff figured out, maybe get some guys in rhythm game game one. Second reason, and this is the biggest one, nobody guards LeBron and nobody can guard AD. They have nobody in that series who can guard anybody. And I'm sorry, but we've said it over and over. If those are the two guys that you can't guard, this is a sl- this is over. I mean, you're not wrong. I, just I understand. Think that, I just think that the Blazers have, like... The matchup, the matchup issues, I think, go both ways right now. Oh, there's, I think, but I think the matchup issues that the Blazers will have with the Lakers trumps what they have. I agree, and that's why I think the Lakers will prevail. For sure. I just think it's a gentleman's sweep. I think it's five games. I think, I actually wouldn't shock me if the Blazers took game one because they're so riding high and like sure. momentum and the Lakers are like, oh, well, we don't need this one. Maybe everybody thinks they do. I don't think they need it. I think maybe the Blazers win game one. I wouldn't bet it, but it wouldn't shock me. But then it could be easily four games after that, you know, or may- and maybe it goes six. If it does, I don't think that's even an issue. I think if you're the Lakers and you can win four two, that's fine. No, I don't think there's any. Yeah, I, I, I think you don't want to go seven. I'm sorry, like no. in a first round eight to one, an eight one series, you don't want to go seven. Doesn't no. look great. Five six, fine. Four great, but I I don't see it going seven or six. I think it's five. But if it goes six, I'm not worried yet. I'm- I'm going to say six. Okay, cool. Yeah, and we'll six. obviously have more of those predictions later on. Um, right. But I think the word challenge is kind of, you know, it's, it's subject to what you want to believe. Do they, they have to play. Do they present challenges? This of is, course. This is not um, Bucks it, or, magic. You know, it's also not Lakers-Grizzlies. If this was Lakers-Grizzlies, this is four games and they walk through. Absolutely. But you're right. It's definitely a more of a challenge. There's no yeah. doubt. So it's a bigger challenge than the Grizzlies or the, you know, Spurs or whoever. Um, and then, you know, Joe, I know you're a big pop guy. We both are. But... A, a, a sad streak has ended um, in this bubble, and it's a, a streak that will never be, I don't think will ever be achieved again by anybody. Maybe the Spurs again, but talk about that and, and what happened kind of in this bubble. 22 years straight of making the playoffs? 22. That's nuts. 
it's bonkers. Like, insanity. Like, they haven't missed a playoff since... It would have been when they won the title. Oh, wait. Well, oh, wait. Or, sorry. Um, 99. Nine, sorry, 98. 99. Yeah, yeah. 98, 99. Did a yeah. bad with math there. When... Um, when they won the title. Yeah. Like the year probably. Was that, was that Robinson and Duncan? Bef- yeah. Yeah. So the year before what happened, Robinson gets hurt. Yep. They stink as a team. They have all <laughs> these injuries or whatever. They win the lottery. They get Tim Duncan. and Which was like Pops easy. Like that's what started. Not started. This is going to sound bad. But like basically it was like load management tanking. So that. So the, the lockout year. The strike year. Mm-hmm. That they won the title. Um, they... Pop was going to get fired. Yes. Pop was on the edge where if he, there was at one point where if he lost that game the next night, he would have been fired. Correct. Can you imagine that? <laughs> like, this 22 streak doesn't happen, I can tell you that. There's right? no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, that's crazy. Um, and that was Duncan's second year of the league, I believe. Yep. yep. It was, yeah. And they won the title and they have not missed the playoff since. At even, one, even without him. Like, at one point, they were basically winning a title every four years. Like, I think they were on pace like every fourth or third or fourth year they were winning a title. Correct. Um, and they were making the playoffs obviously every year it, and, and challenging almost every year except for a few. It's so weird that one, they didn't go back to back. Yeah. And, right. And two, that uh, like, they challenged, they were right up there with the Lakers in the early 2000s. Yes. I mean, I know the Lakers won three in a row. Yeah. But there's a couple of times where, you know, those series went six, seven games. and Yeah, the difference yeah. with them, and this is not a bad a shot at them, they've done a great job identifying international talent, but, like, they didn't have those, they had one superstar. Yeah, Tim Duggan. That was it. They didn't yeah. have the two, like, the Lakers had two two superstars in a time where you needed, I mean, two was, was big. So, yeah, you only have the one superstar and a bunch of really good players, but you only had right. one superstar. And so, that and was what Parker hindered them. Nobly. You know, uh, Parker almost got... Traded for I saw, Jason Kidd. Yeah, I know. I remember reading that story. Um, but yeah, I mean, the the streak will never be will never be matched again. And like, tough to see them down. But they didn't have Aldridge. They didn't have um, a few guys that like just didn't show up. The team is completely put together terribly, um, and that's not Pop's fault. They just have a, mo- a hodgepodge of players put together. Some guys want to play fast. Demar Derozan is the slowest playing person in the league. Lamarcus Aldridge is also one of the slowest Extremely players slow. in the league. Yeah. They wanted to play fast, but they have slow guys on the team, so it didn't mesh. But the fact that they actually were still competing again—that's what I was gonna say. There's this is a lottery roster, man. Oh my gosh! Yes, Patty Mills at one point was your starting point guard. Nothing against Patty, but he's a no. bench player for sure. Yeah. Um, DeAndre or, uh, DeAndre White, Dejounte Murray. These guys are not uh, even really. I would even say really good players. They're good. This, this team was competing until literally the last day. Absolutely. And could have kept the streak going and probably would have revamped next year and, and been a staple again for the next, you know, who knows years. It's sad, but, like, this team was very overachieving and was not good. It was. Watch them win the lottery and then... I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> James Wiseman shows up on that team and right. you know, or, or Anthony Edwards and they're good for the next 22 years again. <laughs> it wouldn't shock me just because that's how this, this thing goes. It's possible. Um, okay, bubble awards. Um... So, bubble MVP, we talked about, but that was, you know, Dame. Yes. We're not going to go into it again. He was spectacular. Devin Booker had a case for it, but, like, you know, and and, uh, probably number two in the best case for it. But, like, at the end of the day, you know, it was... It was Dame's to lose when he had fifty-one and nine over a three-game stretch, and and that's kind of it. Just ridiculous. Um, but basically, what the bubble decided, what the NBA decided to do was they were going to do awards for the bubble. So they were going to do bubble MVP, Coach of the Year, 
all first team bubble, all team bubble, and second team all team bubble. Um, Coach of the year, we kind of alluded to it, and rightfully so, one hundred percent deserving, Monty Williams. Oh yeah, I understand Terry Stotts what he did, but that was dang. It doesn't. It doesn't I, matter what. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't matter. If you go eight, no. Yes. Like as a coach, I feel like you deserve <laughs> You're winning that. Yeah. Hell, he would have won exactly. Western Conference Coach of the Month and stuff like that, you know, had Correct. this been a normal yeah, season. Absolutely. So he was the coach of the bubble. And then um, first team all bubble, Lillard, Harden, Doncic, Booker, Warren. Warren, obviously the one kind of sneaking in and being the surprise, but he balled out. Um, he did. He has always been a guy that can get a bucket. In college, he went to NC State. I watched him, you know, in the NCAA or the, uh, the ACC tournament and then the Big Ten tournament. Always could get a, bu- a bucket. Never was a great team player. Except if he's being guarded by Jimmy well, Butler. Yeah, that <laughs> shut him down yeah. real tough. But like most of the time can pretty much get a bucket whenever yes. he wants. Um, so that was your first team. N- no real real um, qualms there with that. Those are pretty much the five best players in the bubble. Second team, doesn't really matter, but you know, whatever. Giannis, Kawhi, Lavert, Porter Jr., and Porzingis. Those are some surprising people on that list, but you know, it is. Yeah, great. I was... Okay, like, and maybe I didn't watch enough or know stats, but did Kawhi have a huge impact? No. He was not second team by far. I didn't think and so. I would make a, a, an argument that Giannis really wasn't second team either. They only play, I don't think if you only play four out of the eight games or play yeah. in half the minutes, you, d- you don't deserve to be on this list. Right. Harden, Lillard, Doncic, Booker, and Warren all played, outside of Warren, he sat for injury but a couple games, but those four and five played heavy minutes. Yeah, they did. The yeah. other, I mean, Giannis, Kawhi. Levert deserves to be there. 100%. Porter, Porter Jr., absolutely. Oh, my goodness. And Porzingis yeah. dropped Porzingis. 35 consistently, you know. Porzingis But the first great. two, I'm like, uh, I, get That's just you, a name. I get what you're doing. It's name. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's clout. Um, AD had a phenomenal bubble and wasn't going to make a team because he had some, some dud games. But in five of the eight, played lights out. Oh, he was phenomenal in a few of this, yeah. LeBron struggled, but he was just kind of amping up, and he's getting ready. He doesn't need to be great right now. I don't he needs think to be he's, great in yeah. three weeks. So those are your – and everybody was talking about snubs. I'm not even going to worry about that. I'm not talking about bubble it's eight snubs. eight games, man. It's, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. So we'll we'll skip that. Um, real quick, real quick, talk about some coaching news. We have a couple, uh, you know, a couple open vacancies right now in the NBA. Uh, one, I, I mean, I, I like this coach. I understand why he had fired. It was time for him to go. But uh, – you know, Alvin Gentry. I mean, that that Pelicans team was supposed to be in that mix, right? There wasn't supposed to be. There's supposed to be four teams fighting for those eight and nine spots. Yeah, they were supposed to be one of them. Yeah, it wasn't supposed to be necessarily the Spurs without Aldridge, right? Correct. And uh, they just they dudded completely. Two and six. Yeah, and the t- I believe the two games they won. One was against. Um, the Jazz, maybe, which you know we kind of found out was a dud of a team too, and one was the last, uh, second or third last game of the year where teams were were resting people. Yeah. So clearly not accomplishing much. No, they they looked very poor defensively. Atrocious. Uh, they looked yeah. like they had no offensive continuity whatsoever. Um, Zion Williamson, oh, huge disappointment. I think he was like minus 65 throughout the whole bubble, which is yeah. atrocious. Right. A lot of it was on the defensive end. Ingram regressed. Yep. I mean, they just did not look like a, a team that was kind of up and coming. Because during the season, you were like, oh, like, they have some pieces. Like, oh, no kidding. You know, they've got, you know, Ingram looked like a super budding superstar who go, yeah. who could go get you a bucket. And you had Zion Williamson and then uh, Ball, who just kind of meshed everything together. I but, said, I saw, I put this on Twitter um, once the bow was over. Lonzo Ball lost Alvin Gentry's job. And I know that's kind of, I know that's, 
inflammatory. But he, listen, Lonzo Ball in the bubble also lost him his job. Sure. Lonzo Ball was atrocious in the bubble. Yes. He averaged five points a game and like six turnovers a game. Yeah. Um, you're the guy that got traded in this package for, for AD, right, to go to the Lakers. He gets sent over with Ingram um, and a couple other pieces. You were, you were basically a cornerstone of a lot of trade talk because of what your potential was. Alvin Gentry and, and front office takes a chance on this trade because they knew AD didn't want to be there. Zion is going to be a star. We, we just got to get his weight down. And uh, Ingram is also going to be a star. Yes. Lonzo Ball is the one piece of this team that we have no idea what he's going to be. Still a four, three, four years in the league now? Yeah. And we still don't know what he is. He changed his shot year two. He basically got his dad out of, out of L.A. in year three, you know, this past year. Yeah. And he's supposed to be this budding young guy that can work with Zion and Ingram and all this stuff. And we don't see it. He can pass. Yeah. We've seen that. He can defend. For sure. Um, he can't score. Nope. He turns the ball over way more than you would want your point guard and he can't you know, shoot. to do. Correct. So what? Yeah. So so for a for a team that he's need, a two tool guy, he is. And and in the NBA now, that doesn't really fly. Correct. And he's injury prone. And, yes. So I'm not giving up on the guy. Like I said, there no. is still talent there. There's still the, there's still a lot of things there that make you go wow. Of course. With the way he can throw the the transition lob and the, get the offense right. going to to Zion, incredible. I mean, there's there's not many people that can throw. I mean, sorry, there's a lot of people that can throw a lob to Zion. However, the way that he gets the ball out as quick as he does to Zion, who it's always in the perfect spot. Yeah, that's, that's a talent. There. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, but uh, we're usually around year three or four. You know who someone is. Yeah. And we don't know who he is. And we probably have, I mean, I'm sorry, he probably has one more year to figure something out, or he's a journeyman probably for the rest of his career, unfortunately. Sure. Um, and yes, Alvin Gentry got fired for other reasons. Um, one of the biggest things I read was <laughs> Zion is one of the worst post-up players in the league. He does not get his buckets via post-up. He no, needs space, facing. he cuts, he faces up, he's momentum. Alvin Gentry ran a high percentage of post-up plays for Zion, which basically means he wasn't reading numbers. He was just doing what he thought he should do, and it was wrong. Right. No, and I, and I get that. And I think, you know, he Zion needs to touch the ball. Of course. But you had to put him in spots yes. in order for him to succeed. And I think Gentry was thinking, okay, well, if I get him the ball in the post, oh, he can pass. He can make the right decision. The problem is, again, Zion is not comfortable in the post. He never has been. He looks kind of uncomfortable in the post. Like yes. He doesn't have great post moves. And, he's not and a this great is not a shot at you, Joe, but you actually have better post moves than Zion, and that's <laughs> saying a lot um, because Zion's an NBA basketball player. But he just doesn't look comfortable down there. And the fact that you're running sets, set plays with him in the post doesn't sure. really make sense to me. He needs it's, to catch the ball on the elbow, on the wing, and make things happen out there because of his athleticism and first step. So there was a lot of reasons why he got fired, but it had to happen. Um, yeah. They needed to move in a different direction. And so the, the word out there is probably Ty Lue. Um, David Griffin and Ty Lue have a connection. It's going to be Ty Lue or J. Kidd. That's just Ty Lue would be good. Yeah. Ty Lue um, would be good there. One other name floated out by Sam Amick at The Athletic, um, which I thought was interesting, never thought of. Dan Tony. He was with he was with David Griffin in Phoenix for the Suns because that's where Griff started. Um, or got p- part of stuff going on with Griff. And can you imagine a seven seconds or less team with this the ath- the athletes this team has? Yeah. Zion they, they, with, they're, they're short on shooters. Yeah. But, but if J.J. Reddick sticks around for one or two more years, which I fully anticipate he can, um, 
you get some shooters around him, man, that seven it's seconds possible. or less is possible. Yeah. It's not going to be him. It's probably going to be Ty Lue. But he floated out D'Antoni because there's been some talk that D'Antoni is, is on a short leash in Houston too just by how much they... It was a surprise that he even came back this year. Correct. It? There was a lot of talk yeah. with him and uh, Maury and, and you know the owner, Fertilla, uh, or Fertitta. Uh, there was not a great relationship there. So he's on a one-year deal anyway. Yeah. It's a possibility. He's going to... D'Antoni will get another job just because of his, his track record. But... I think it's Ty Lue's job to lose in in New Orleans, to be honest. Um, and I think he's a great coach. Yeah. He's an ego guy, for sure. Jim Boylan? You know, I'm a Bulls fan, so this is the best day of the year for me. Um, he's a terrible <laughs> coach. He was trash. Um, literally, if you put him next to a garbage can, they don't look much different. Um, I'm sorry. It's just what it is. Um, new ownership. Uh, we pretty much knew he was going to get fired, but then there was like kind of a lull in the news. And I was like, oh, no, don't you dare keep this man. They fired him. This is where Kenny Atkinson comes in. What is okay, Bulls fan? Yes. Right here. Okay. What what is like your hope? What are you hanging on to right now? Uh, like, you make the eight seed in the East because it's that bad. But I'm not saying they're going to do it, but that's what you hope for because there's not much else. to Like hope you for. don't see any like future, like accumulate draft picks, kind of try. I mean, that's they basically gutted the team before yeah. in hopes to do what you just alluded to. Yeah. It didn't work. They have failed miserably. They got Laurie Marketing, who I believe is actually a very good basketball player. Okay. But he was put in a system with Jim Boylan that made him, again, a post-up player, and that's not what he is. Zach Levine, everybody gives him crap. He deserves crap. He's a terrible plus-minus person, but he was a guy that put people in the seats, and that's what the Bulls wanted. They were sure. afraid. They're, the Bulls are the classic franchise that is afraid to be bad because of their history. Yeah. They're like, oh, well, we've always been this brand. How in the world can we suck forever? Well, this is how you suck. When you don't commit to being bad and you stay on that line of bringing Dwayne Wade and Rajon Rondo with Jimmy Butler into a team that was clearly terrible, they were terrible. They were Yes, awful. they almost beat the Celtics because of Rajon playoff Rondo. Fine. They would have been terrible the next year anyway. Um, I'm so I'm, – I could go on for hours, but there is no hope with this team right now regardless <laughs> of who the coach is. Zach Levine needs to go. Laurie Markkinen needs to either go and get a bunch in return for, or you or you build the team around him. There is no future right now. None. That's how I felt in Phoenix about three or four years ago. Just you so know, you know. You want to so know the difference? Like, there's so. Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton in Phoenix. Okay, yes. <laughs> but three or four years ago, you did not have those things. Well, and they were terrible, and they have a terrible owner. But Well, James Jones now is the GM over there. And, and he's doing great. And he's doing a great job. The, yeah. I, hopefully the new ownership in Chicago turns things around. The owner from the Denver Nuggets, who turned it, who turned that team around in Denver to be good again, I hope the same thing happens there. Jim Boylan's gone. I believe it's Kenny Atkinson's job. People are going to say Mark Jackson. I'm sorry, but miss me with that. I don't want him in a young with a young team at I all. I want Mark Jackson. What? I want Mark Jackson as a coach again. I know you. I know you do, but you want it for different reasons. <laughs> you hate him as an announcer, and I think he's we both, so bad. I think we both aren't big on him as an announcer. I don't want him as my basketball coach. He can go anywhere else. <laughs> I want Kenny Atkinson. Um, I think he's great with young teams and like helping teams overachieve. Basically, Kenny Atkinson is like the. It's the guy that a girl dates before she finds out there's better guys out there. There you go. I'm sorry. Like Kenny <laughs> Atkinson will get the team to where you need to go. Then you go and get an elite coach. From the Spurs organization or from somebody you know somebody else's organization. He's the coach you need now. He's the he's the need now coach that gets you to where you want to go. Right. Um, and I love Kenny Atkinson, but he did the same thing with the Nets, and they got tired of just like they got to where they wanted to go. They got their players. Now they want somebody else. Right. Um, 
you know. So anyway, those two, that's the kind of news. I believe it's Ty Lue's job in um, New Orleans, and I believe Kenny Atkinson will be a good fit in Chicago. All right, where we wanted to get to, it starts today, Joe. Playoffs, baby. <laughs> Playoffs? They're here. Um, let's talk about matchups. We're going to talk about everything, what the schedule looks like. First of all, the schedule's incredible. We have basketball, for the first round, we have basketball all day for the next, like, two, three weeks. Yes. Um, so you can't be mad at that. But just talk about, you know, talk about the matchups. What do we What do we got? We already went with our Lakers-Blazers picks. Yep, so we have that. Right. Yep. Clippers-Mavericks, interesting series, Steve? Um, interesting because I want to see what the Clippers have. Sure. We know what the Mavericks are. They're one of the most efficient teams in NBA history. Actually, the most efficient team in NBA history in terms of offensive power. But I just want to see what the Clippers have. I want to see... I want to see how Luca keeps his cool under all that pressure from George, Leonard, and Beverly. I uh, I heard something on the Ringer NBA podcast, and I because they're going to come at him, man. Yes, I hope this doesn't happen because it happened with Donovan Mitchell last year. I hope that we don't give Luca a bunch of crap in his second or third year because he goes up against two of the best wing defenders in the world. Ever. Ever. I mean, legitimately, historically, ever. Right. I hope that he doesn't just get looked upon as like not. We know he's not a bust, obviously, but I hope he doesn't get looked upon as less because of what he's going to get put through this he's series. He's twenty years old. Well, I, I agree, but they did the same thing to Donovan Mitchell last year. Right. He averaged like thirty points a game. He came into the series and he got locked down and he really struggled. He put up terrible numbers, and everybody said, "Oh, the hype's too high. He's not that good." It's gonna. It's not going to happen with Luca as much, but I hope that people just shut the hell up and appreciate that these are two of the best defenders of all time. Right. Um, matchup problems for the Clippers. Porzingis? A hundred percent. I don't care what Montrez Harrell does for you. He's just coming back, playing his first game today. Right. He's going to eat. Porzingis is going to eat all day long, um, and it's going to be great. Mavericks have a shot? It may be a gentleman's sweep. They may get one, maybe two, um, if the the Clippers kind of just struggle to figure out Porzingis. The four spot for every team that play the Clippers is going to be where you get your bread and butter. Yes. If you have a guy that can stretch the floor and shoot the ball, like Porzingis, like Anthony Davis, like Nurkic, you know, guys like that, not that they're going to play, you know, the, the Blazers, but it's, it is, that's your bread and butter. If you can get Porzingis 30, 40 a game, they're in the game. It's possible. But it probably won't happen. No, Clippers are just too... Do you think it's sweep or do you think it's five? Five. Okay, I think yeah, so too. I think. Yeah, so I would say we're both in agreement there. I, I think Clippers in five. Yeah. Um, there's not much else to analyze there. We get to see really what the Clippers are made of going down the yeah, road. Yeah, because we still haven't seen them. And no, no. We don't know what this team <laughs> we is. We have no idea. Yeah. Okay, what's the next one? Nuggets uh, Thunder. Nuggets Thunder. Okay. Is that today? Uh, wait, you said Nuggets. You mean Nuggets and I'm Jazz. Nuggets Jazz, sorry. Yes. Uh, let me see. Yeah, let's actually, let's run through real quick. Let's go through what the schedule looks like today. I think I saw um, it starts off. Oh, yeah. So Nuggets Jazz, first game. Then Nets Raptors. Celtics, 76ers, and then Mavs Clippers is all today. So let's do, so um, Jazz Nuggets, what do you think? Nuggets. Yeah. Is that a sweep? It very well could be. Yeah. I have no faith in the Utah Jazz right now. I I think they're boring. I think they're less talented. Yeah. My faith in Utah Jazz begins and ends with Quinn Snyder. Yeah. And that is it. So Donovan Mitchell too, but, you know, uh, but they don't have shooting. No. Oh, gosh, no. The bench is atrocious. They actually aren't very... They are good defensively because of Snyder's uh, system and because they just funnel everything to Rudy Gobert. Correct. 
But there's ways with great coaching, I think you can get around that. Right? I Cause they're not Because they're not, it's not like individually, they have these amazing defenders. Conley's really good, but he's not He's not there right now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I have Nuggets in four. I think it's a sweep. I really don't. And maybe five. Again, I know we're going to always say probably maybe five because we don't want to be the one that says sweep. But this is a, a bad matchup. Yeah. And it's probably Nuggets in four. Um, real quick question and caveat. Um, what happens with Rudy Gobert? After this year, I know we kind of talked about it. he's kind of a shitty guy, um, you know, for all that he did. But just in general, I mean, he's about, he's going to probably command thirty million dollars just yeah. in terms of his, you know, what he's done, defensive player of the year, all that stuff. Um, are the are the Jazz just kind of stuck with him? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the, the market's not there. The market's not there, and uh, looking at the contenders right now, I don't even know where he would fit. So someone brought up, and I think this is really interesting. I don't. I don't. I think he's stuck in in, in Utah. I, think so. I don't think that anybody else pays him thirty thirty five million dollars yeah. a year. The Bulls. I mean, they'll probably do it. Let's just be honest. But <laughs> I, I actually I can't be mad at it. He's a lead defender. Um, if you get, need a guy that to protect the rim and funnel everything to, he can definitely do that. Sure. And he has done a little bit offensively. I mean, at one point he was like the highest percentage shooter, you know, because he just dunks the ball. Correct. But um, Brooklyn was a thought that was thrown out, Ooh. and here's why. Um, there's your big three. He doesn't. If if Gobert is your third best player, you're you're in a really good spot. If Gobert is your For second sure. best player right now, which he is, you're in a bad spot. Um. So Kyrie, KD, and then you throw you take out Jared Allen, put him on the bench, and you put Gobert in there. Does anybody score? That's look scary. at the length there. Yeah. Um. I don't know if they can financially do it, but that's a that's a fit I saw. And like Brooklyn is trying to win right now. Gobert fits they a team to, trying yeah. to win right now. Um. He's not a rebuilding guy because Correct. of uh, the NBA skill set right now. He fits a win now, not a win in five years. Right. But anyway, that was a caveat. I think he's stuck in Utah. I really do. But I, I do. think Brooklyn is an interesting thing that was brought up um, to, to, for a fit there. Um, Nets Raptors. Uh, Raptors. Yeah. They're playing better. They're playing arguably right now. I'm not saying they're the best team or anything like that, but they're playing better. Yeah. Than, is, is anybody playing better than them? The Suns. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. Right. Yeah. yeah, no, they went no. seven and one, right? Yeah, seven and one. The Raptors did. The only yeah. game they lost was uh, when they rested a few guys to Boston. Right. So yeah, seven and one, best team in the bubble for sure. Best team right now in terms of uh, momentum. Uh, Raptors and four. I don't yeah. think that the Nets get oh, a game. No. I, if they do, it's it's uh, actually probably an upset. I mean, like they should get swept. There's no doubt. I think they'll get swept. If I you, think Brooklyn has played really, really well and for really, sure. really hard. Overachieved, no doubt. Yeah, but that Raptors team is really good still that was another team in the bubble i don't know if we mentioned them but like went five and two or maybe six and two um definitely shouldn't have won any games but but competed really well the nets yeah i thought they have a the wizards yeah i thought would be like i thought the nets might be the wizards and that's about it yeah so um definitely definitely a, a bright future there again we found out karis lavert is an absolute star um and will yeah. be good to, to come but yeah raptors and four if you're betting and you can get a series price on the Raptors to sweep and it's plus money, I would take that, no doubt. They, if you can get an underdog, when I say plus money, like you know, you get more than you bet back. Um, you should definitely take that because I think it's a sure. sweep. And if you lose money, that's not my fault. Um, <laughs> caveat. And then 76ers Celtics. I think this is the series that everybody is going to rush to the the sports book and put the series price on the 76ers because they're going to be so, you know, there's such plus money and we don't know. Don't get fooled. We know what they are. I think the Celtics are going to sweep them. Yeah. If you can get the Celtics sweep at probably like plus 700 or something crazy, take it. I bet because, you could. What that? I said you probably could, right? Oh, yeah. I, uh, I can look that. I'll, I'll pull that stuff up while we talk about it. I think um, 
if you if you think the 76ers win this series, you're out of your mind. If it happens, would again, if it happens, it would shock me, but like it's one of these where like I guess I wouldn't be surprised. This team is so damn talented everywhere, but they just can't put it together. They can't. And Joel Embiid seems like the kind of guy where if things are going great, great. Yeah, but when right. When things are going bad, he's not going to make them better. Do you know what I mean? No, like he's he not can't write the ship. Correct. Yes. I feel like he's not a write the ship guy, he, and maybe that's a, just a feeling or whatever. But like he, you know, he, you know who he needs? He needs Jimmy Butler. We talked about it. The uh, the Ringer NBA podcast said they are missing Jimmy Butler like crazy. Absolutely like crazy. Yeah. Um, give, put me, give me Jimmy Butler in that series, and that's a pretty even series. Oh, well, give me even Jimmy Butler, ben and they're Simmons. not a six seed. That's yeah. probably the truth too. But right, right now, if you put him on that team, even without Ben Simmons. Oh no, I, and we can talk about that in a later episode. I, I think once you know the playoffs are over and we're on the off season, we'll probably do a, bit, a deeper dive into a lot of the teams' off seasons, what they do. Sure. Um, that's a different topic, but I think he's the guy that needs to go. Um, and I yeah. know, and I don't. I know people are going to say that Embiid, this, that, and the other. The he, it's not a it's not a question in my mind that Simmons is the odd man out here. Um, they yeah. may be better without him. I'm just gonna say it point blank. They might have more continuity. That's right. very possible. Um, so. so real quick, we were talking about it. Um, there's some bets here. What do we say? Celtics 76ers. Let's look yeah. really quick. So series price here. The series price just in general. If you think the 76ers are gonna win this series, it's plus 320. That ain't worth it. You need no. higher numbers than that. Yeah. Now there's other things that you can do like. You know, who wins? Celtics sweep, blah, blah, blah. If you think the Celtics sweep, so Celtics 4-0, it's plus 400. That's, you bet 10 bucks, you're getting 40 bucks back. I think Celtics that's sweep. That's a heck of a, that's a heck of a value right there. Yeah. I'm thinking it might be less than that because of how bad both these teams are. So I would take that. Um, what was the other one we mentioned about, you know, what you could get? Oh, the um, the Nuggets Jazz, or sorry, the the Raptors Nets. The series price there obviously is going to be massive. Um, Raptors are minus 550 to win that series. Nets 375, not nearly enough value there. No. But if you think the Nets are going to sweep the series, um, you're going to get them in... You on. think the Nets are going to sweep the series? Or, sorry. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Um, if you Damn. think... If, uh, they don't even have... Uh, this is just by... Oh, sorry. That was for the game. Let me pull up the series. Anyway, and then we'll kind of go through the rest of the matchups here. I'll pull up all that, all that other stuff too. So tomorrow, again, same schedule. We got a 130, a 4, um, a 630, and a 9. So, Bucks Magic. Th- this is the easiest thing I think we'll have to talk about. Yeah, I mean that's a <laughs> that's a four game sweep. Yes. There's no way they even steal a game. It doesn't matter what happens. I don't think. Mm-hmm. I have, I have as close to 100 percent confidence that the Bucks will sweep this series. Yep. I'm not, not just even... not just win, but oh. sweep. I'm not even going to say maybe five. This is a four-game series. It's a sweep. So back to the Nets and Raptors. If you wanted to bet the Raptors to win the series, which would be asinine, but they're a plus 1,025. (laughs) So you're getting 100 to your $1. Or sorry, um, to your $10. Um, The series for the actual... um, Oh, gosh. If you even wanted to go Raptors sweep, it's still... uh, uh, They're still the favorite. They're minus 110. So there's no value. (laughs) There's no value. So don't do it. Uh, I mean, I guess if you want to make... I don't want to say guaranteed money because nothing's guaranteed, but it's um, guaranteed. It's pretty guaranteed. Yeah. Um, yeah. So definitely there. It's a sweep for the Bucks. Four zero. Um, series price there is um, where is Milwaukee minus ten thousand. <laughs> you get a cent if you bet ten dollars. So don't $10. do that. <laughs> um, okay. Next one. What, what are we looking at there? The four thirty or the four o'clock game? Yeah, Miami Pacers. 
this and then the game right or this this and then the game tomorrow uh or sorry yeah this and the game right after it are the two most intriguing series in the you know first round but oh, what do you think um i think miami wins that series and do you think that's seven no okay what do you think it is you think that's is it pretty quick you think it's no i okay, think it's six, i think it's six, six games a solid six so Pacers are plus two seventy to win the series. I think that's actually a great value. If you think if you think it goes seven, yeah. the Pacers obviously have a chance, and that's probably a good value. Do you think the Heat win this series? Um, yes, I think it's probably even maybe sooner than six games. I think it might be five, but I do think the Heat win. Everybody's kind of going. It's a seven game series. I just don't see it. No, too many dogs on Miami for this to go seven. Yeah, games. they'll shut down TJ Warren like like yeah. normal. Uh, and then Brogdon right. and Oladipo, I mean, and Sabonis, they all can play. I'm oh. not giving anything away from them, but... They really are. I mean, they just... The Heat just... Yeah. Spolster just gets every single little ounce every of ounce. energy out of them, right? It's unbelievable. Like, he, he chokes them. And, uh, like, yeah, he gets everything out of them. And you could even argue that the Heat's four-year run, like, ended too early because he pushed them too hard. Correct. Yeah. No, I completely agree. We could have seen that team together for eight years, yeah. and they just kind of got tired of it, you know. Right. But he. Well, they did get old overnight. Of, oh my gosh! Like Bosch got you know, and what happened to him heart wise was obviously right. a tragedy. But they got really old, like you Real said, fast. overnight, like yeah. off season. Like in. you had you had legitimately LeBron James, and you know for their two championships, defense was their calling card. Hundred percent. It really was creating turnovers. I mean they were just menaces. They were monsters, yeah. But by that fourth season, uh you had LeBron defending at an elite level and then you had less than average defenders. Correct. Everywhere. And he was just running around trying to keep up with the Spurs who yeah. were playing beautiful basketball. Correct. And they just had no chance. Yeah. They were like so in defensively, obviously not offensively, but defensively they kinda had the same model as the Rockets, right? Anchor with, and they didn't have an elite, the Rockets don't have an elite defender, but but it's like deflections and turnovers, right? Sure. We may not be the best defensive team, we're clearly not, but if we can create 20 turnovers a game and just yeah. deflections in length, if we go and hit shots on the other end, which is what the, the Heat slowed the game down on the offensive end and just got efficient buckets, but they created so many turnovers and fast break points, yes. they, they overwhelmed teams that way. But you're right, they got stuck with the, with the young and budding Spurs at right. that time. Um, young for the most part, Tim Duncan was getting up there, but but young and they got screwed. And they could shoot the lights out, and Correct. you had nobody who could. I mean, you had Mike Miller trying to come off the bench and closing out, and which is just, like yeah. you said, kind of how Spolster just works. He gets every ounce, but then at some point, if they're not young guys, you have a diminishing return. It it, it really starts to slow down utility wise. So I get it. I think the but the Heat are the better team, coach team. They're the better team overall this yes. series, and yes. so I think that they're the 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 uh, favorite. Uh, you said you said six, I say five, but. But Heat for sure. Okay, my favorite series, and I think maybe the, the best, most entertaining series, Thunder Rockets. We know we don't have Westbrook for Game 1, so maybe Game 1 is a wash in terms of what we see. Yeah. You know. But what do you think? Well, I know you think Rockets. Yeah. I think this is... I, I, I guess This the, is closer to a pick-em than I think. I, than... I would say it, the actual question for me, whether who wins or loses, is does this not go seven games? I think it goes seven games. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, like, actually, I'd be more shocked if it was, like, a five- or six-game series, whoever won. Yeah. But I think, the like, if you can get a bet on this being a, a 4-3 series and if you th- whatever your inclination is to win, I would take that bet. I think it's going seven games. Yeah. And I'm going to go OKC, man. For, um, 
for betting purposes, OKC are plus 130 to win the series. So you're getting value if that's who you think wins. But this tells you that this is a pick em, essentially. If yeah. the team is minus 150 and plus 130, they're basically saying it's a coin flip. Right. Um, now, the series price in terms of what you think it's going to be, Thunder sweep, which won't happen. Or sorry, Thunder game seven, if they win in seven, is plus 550. That's a heck of a bet. Yeah. 55 to, or, you know, five and a half to one there. Right. Um, Rockets 4-3 is four to one. Both plus money. I think yeah. it's seven game series. I think Rockets, you think Thunder. But again, literally, it's a coin flip. It is. The only thing that gives me pause is, we know this, we've talked about this, the Thunder are the best clutch team in the NBA. Yes. There's going to be a lot of clutch game or clutch there's minutes. A, there's a difference between playoffs, though, and regular season. And we've seen Chris Paul sometimes diminish in the playoffs. Now he did. He gets hurt. And he gets hurt. <laughs> That's what it is. Um, He's fresher now, though. This is, isn't, ne- this we've isn't seen, necessarily. We've seen MVP Chris Paul in the bubble. He has not been the MVP in the bubble, but he is playing at an MVP He's level. Very well. So yes. if we get that, man, this is going to be a phenomenal series. Um, I think Rockets, but you have Thunder. Either way, I think it's going to be seven games for sure. Yep. And then last series in the round one, we have Blazers-Lakers, which we talked about. We already talked about it. Lakers in five. Six, man. Okay. I'm, I'm going to um, name two just because I think it's just going to be, you're just going to have nights where I don't, I'm not going to say the Lakers are going to throw it in or anything like that, but there's going to be nights where I think Dame and CJ go off and it's just, it's going to happen. So Let me I want to see Kuz guard CJ or yes. Dame. I, I want to see, I want to see what that length looks like against them. I think, you know, and I, I don't want to diminish the, the, the Blazers because I do believe I do believe that they are a very, very good team, and probably next year with a full, healthy roster, they're a top four seed in the West. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I, I think this is kind of a game where you play around with a few things. Sure. If you win game one, if you're the if you're the Lakers and you win game one, and maybe it's a you know five point win, whatever, it doesn't have to be twenty. It can be whatever. If you win game one, you now have the freedom to kind of play with some things. You want to figure out your roster because they have ten, they have ten guys, right? Oh yeah, like and you have to figure out. But you can't play 10 guys in the playoffs. No, probably it's, eight. Yeah, exactly. You know? So who are your top eight if you're the Lakers? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it's not going to be the greatest eight, I can tell you that. It's going to no. be, you know, you know, LeBron, AD, Kuz are your three. There we go. Yep. Caruso, Danny Green. <laughs> but then, yeah, I mean, okay, so after those three, Waiters? Your, next, your next five are all, yeah. You literally, it's, the top. it's you, whoever shows up. Next, yeah, your next seven. Are basically a toss up, and that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, you're not going to play Markeith Morris. Markeith Morris, I think, is actually a really good player. I think you got to play him. So, I mean, you know, you going to play Quinn Cook, no backup point guard, no, no. no. Deion Waiters is playing. No. Deion Waiters, yeah. So you probably only play seven guys. I'm sorry. Like, I know they signed J.R. Smith, but like he's not playing. Yeah, but then you got to look at. I mean, are you you're playing KCP? No. Yes, you are. Yeah, yeah. I love you're KCP playing. actually, but. But he doesn't play a lot. He doesn't play a lot, but he'll play. Yeah. You don't think he plays a lot? No. Okay. McGee and Howard. I would play Howard over McGee, but that's just me. Me too. <laughs> yeah. So I think you I think you have nine or ten guys that you're going to decide from, and it's going to be who plays well in the game. Yeah, it'd be seven or eight. Yeah. In the it's, playoffs, you have to be down to seven or eight. So it's going to be the flow of the game. Every game for the Lakers is going to be different and who that six, seven, and eight guy are. Right. Honestly, it, it really is. Uh, maybe seven and eight, but yeah. you're going to get Markeith and, and Dion. Those are going to be your six and seven. Eight and nine, maybe nine are going to be fluid. That's kind of how it goes. Sure. Um, 
So I think we, you know, I don't know if we want to go farther, if we just want to do that round, I think we'll kind of save it each, you know, each week or, you know, once the, the round shows up, we'll talk about it. So to recap, we've got Nuggets in four and five, probably Nuggets in four. So we got Nuggets, Raptors, Celtics, Clippers. Those are the, you know, the, the first day, today's matchups. And then we've got Bucks, you have, uh, I'm sorry, Bucks, Heat, and then you have Thunder, I have Rockets, and then we have the Lakers. So the only thing we differ on is the Rockets and Thunder. And that's a pick Which man. is such a coin flip. It is. Um, neither one of us will look bad if we're wrong there. No. We'll look bad other places if they're wrong. But um, And also I want to make sure we reserve the right to change those, um, you know, if injuries and things happen. Always. But, um, hey, man, we've got, you know, a full day of basketball the next, like, oh my gosh, three weeks or two or three weeks. Um I'm going to sit down, crack open a beer, maybe seven, and... Um, My alcohol consumption will be up <laughs> over no the doubt. next month or two. There's no doubt there will be a lot of alcohol consumed this next few weeks. Um, I think that wraps it up uh, for this week. Anything else you think we need to, to catch up on? Yeah, I think we're good, man. Next week, again, we'll obviously be talking about what has happened the first probably two or three games, because I think, what, it's, it's Monday, we'll have... Every they play every other day, so we'll probably have three or maybe three oh, games we'll know, played by then. We'll know where each series is headed. Yeah, so we'll we'll obviously recap those, tell you what we think is going to happen in the rest of the series going forward, and uh, and just kind of keep it pushing with the NBA season. Um, super pumped for this! It's it's playoff time, baby. Thanks, guys. Yeah, talk to you next week.